Think about peso, paid, earned, shared, owned. Paid is only a quarter. I feel like when when people think of distribution, they automatically go toward paid. And yes, that's a pretty darn big important, but three-fourths of those categories are not paid. Hello and welcome to Death to the Corporate Video, a podcast with tools and advice to make B2B videos people actually want to watch. I'm Hope Morley. I'm Guy Bauer. And we're from Umalt, the B2B video marketing company. The, and today, the... The only one. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about distribution plans. Uh, we've got eight tips today we're going to run through of how to create a distribution plan and why you need one. And we'll get started thinking about coming from that place of, uh, oh, we'll put it on our website and our YouTube. Uh, And tip number one is I would encourage everyone just as the very basic distribution step is really think critically about what your actual owned options are for using this video and where you can use it. So even on your own website, you might have a landing page, homepage. Can you reshare it on blog posts that your company puts out? Are there landing pages? Are there product pages? Do you have an email newsletter that you can promote the video? There's so many options just within your own owned media that you can push the video out in. So really, if you have a separate content team, work with them um, to try to sync up your calendars and get the video on as many pieces of content as possible. Um, And on top of that, with social, you know, people go, their minds go to YouTube for video, which is obviously great. Um, But we've found that video performs extremely well on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, There's a ton of research that video is one of the best performing pieces of content on social media, Um, even if you're not on TikTok or you're not making an Instagram reel. Sharing the video natively on your company, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever your audience is, um, is a great step for just getting a basic distribution out there. Yeah. little trick I use is just Google Peso. It stands for paid, earned, shared, owned. And you'll find a bunch of charts of, uh, of little thought starters of what each of those main categories, the channels that lay inside them. And if you just print that out on a piece of paper and try to brainstorm and list all of your accounts throughout, you know, and all of your different channel and opportunities you can pull just using that peso model, I mean, you will find sometimes dozens of places that you can place your ad that you wouldn't have necessarily, you know, if you just thought of YouTube and your website. Mm -hmm. All right, Guy, what's your, uh, your first tip or second tip? Yeah. Tip number two is to have a release day plan and make sure your people are a part of that. So your video should have a, almost like a theatrical release or like when uh, home videos come out, uh, they always release on a Tuesday. So, and Tuesday usually is the best day, Mm -hmm. but be very strategic. We will launch this ad Tuesday at 10 a.m. And the little secret hack is you have your own channels, right? In the peso model, but you also have employees who have their own social uh, channels. And it's been proven, I think, time and time again, that the social networks want people to contribute 
over companies. They they will boost and give more exposure to actual real people rather than companies. Especially so, if it's not a sponsored post. Correct. Yeah. So what you can do is put together a little toolkit for your people uh, that is very um, like foolproof. So give them copy uh, that accompanies the ad. Give them the hashtags, the landing page, and just make it very simple so that they can copy and paste into their own social. And so now on release day, you you have the corporate channels, but you also are using your own people. And of course, it's up to them if they want to do it. But that's a, a free way to get a ton of exposure by A, coordinating on a release day, and then B, is leveraging your, your real people. And at the very least, if you let your team know um, that you've got this big release coming, at the very least, you can hope for some engagement on social. So they'll come like it or comment. So even if they don't share it onto their own, it's going to boost the video and give you a lot better performance if you have people early on who are getting on the LinkedIn or Facebook and giving it those likes and shares right away. Yeah. LinkedIn even has a feature where you can notify employees. I'm yeah. not sure how many people it will notify, but there's a little button actually. Yeah. All right. What's tip number three, Hope? Tip number three, um, when you start your video project process, your ad, your video ad process, if your plan is that this is an awareness video, budget for paid media from the start. Um we're not talking necessarily about broadcast TV, but just within social or YouTube advertising, because really, like we've already mentioned, the social networks kind of squash any native posts these days from companies on their networks. They don't want to see a a ton of content from there. Um, But also there's great targeting opportunities uh, that you have available to you, especially through LinkedIn for B2B. Um, And you should really take advantage of that when you've got a great piece of content, like a great video ad. Yeah. Don't feel bad to pay. It's a totally valid way of getting exposure and new eyeballs, especially like you said, if it's awareness, that's the whole point is gaining awareness. You want new people to watch it. So you're trying to get people who don't necessarily follow your company page on LinkedIn or don't follow you on YouTube. And how do you reach those people? Yeah. Tip number four is piggybacking off of budget, but when budgeting, use tried and true channels first. Devote more money towards the channels that you have actual data from previous campaigns or just sponsoring posts, doing smaller stuff. But use the stuff, put more money where you you have the data that shows that something is happening there. And put less money towards the new channels that everyone's talking about, the shiny, bright ones, the tech talks of the world. I'm not saying not to do it, but just put a little less money there or percentage of your budget so that if it doesn't work, you know, doesn't kill everything. But it could work. And then you just reallocate the budget. You could do it virtually live. And if you've never run a paid media campaign at all, you know, test out the different platforms and see which drive the best results for you, which drive the strongest leads. You know, you can figure out whether your company is LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You need to test it out and see to get that historical data. If you've never done it before, try a whole bunch of them, evaluate after a month, two months, and then you can redistribute your budget, as Guy said. 
Yeah. For us, the data we have is that LinkedIn delivers the highest quality leads, but it's very expensive. And then Facebook will give you a ton of conversions and traffic. But I find that for B2B, it's pretty low quality leads. All right. Yeah, we're on to tip number five. So if you're using paid media, create a cut down of your video to run as the ad, like a 15 second cut down. Um, when you're running paid media, like uh, even a 60 second spot is is generally too long. Um, you really want to get something that's short and sweet. It gets directly to the point when someone is scrolling, you know, we all see the little sponsored tag on it. So we're, we give it even less uh, of our attention necessarily than we might give a post from a trusted source that we already know. Um, so you really need something that's short and direct and exactly to the point. Yeah. We've found time and time again, how little people care. Um <laughs> Uh, I feel like I just did a video on this, but it, use that as creative license, actually. That means be bold right up front. I think in a previous podcast, we talked about how in our last campaign, we noticed there was a drop off in the first five seconds that was a little too much. And we chopped out the, the first two seconds of the video. So basically the punchline, mm -hmm. instead of coming in at seven seconds, came in at five seconds or something like that. And we saw the view through go up by 15 to 20% instantaneously. It really does come down to a couple seconds. And the other thing I used to be adverse to, which now I'm turning around and I think is really good, is uh, I used to hate putting logos up top. Like as soon as the video starts, putting the logo over the video. And now that, I don't know, I don't know what has changed inside me, my age or whatever, but I think it's actually a good idea. Just start with especially the logo. Might as well on YouTube. for it. Yeah, especially YouTube, I would say. But, you know, LinkedIn and other social, because you have, you see the company name right above it. But yeah. on YouTube, like you're just getting served this video and someone's probably paying less attention to the rest of the context. Well, it's like people say, you know, don't judge your email campaign success by click-through. In fact, it's open rate, which is really the thing you want to be paying attention to because it's just a brand impression. So they're, they're, you're just keeping them warm on your logo and your name. So even if no one watches your video, the fact that the video starts with the logo is a really, you know, it's a small impression. It's a small little win. So I really like the idea of starting with the logo. Actually, that gave me an idea. We should do that with our stuff. <laughs> right? Why not? You're paying for it. Get the logo in there. Okay. What are we right. on? Tip number six? Tip six. Yeah. All right. I love this tip is especially in B2B, you have to have an offer with almost anything you do. You've got to have an offer. And not saying that that offer needs to be gated necessarily. The more I step back and read stuff, you know, unless you're like a HubSpot where you're totally, uh, you have brand awareness and, and that's not, you know, brand awareness. And they don't is gate not that much. <laughs> right. They still do gate, yeah. but you know, they, uh, they have the permission to gate because they have the credibility because if HubSpot wrote it, then there's something there. But if your brand is not as well respected in the content game as HubSpot, potentially don't gate it. But anyway, I digress. 
the uh, each one of your ads needs to have an offer. That could be a free guide, white paper, calculator, whatever. Think of your ad as not just an ad for your brand, but an ad for the offer. And even if you're working in reverse, meaning you already have your ad done, think of an offer that corresponds with that ad. So if the ad is is if the creative is talking about how great you are at customer support, perhaps come up with an offer that is in the customer support realm, right? That would correlate. And when there's a correlation there, when there's cohesion there, people are more apt to click because the ad is almost like an ad for the piece of content as well as your, your brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really make sure that those are relevant because if you're watching an ad on customer support and you click the link and you just get a general white paper on, I don't know, what whatever, you know, uh, a broader topic that relates to your product, you're going to get people dropping off because they were interested and they clicked because they are looking for something specific. So if you don't have a really close thing there, um, a really close connection, you might want to, you might have to create a new piece of content to offer. You might have to write a new white paper and that might seem like a lot of work, but if you think about the investment that you just put into this video ad and the money that you might be spending on paid media, you know, anything that you can do to optimize that is, you know, it, it all ends up just being a small piece of the puzzle. All right. Hope tip seven, tip seven. So I already mentioned, you know, share, share the video natively across as many platforms as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do that, take the time to optimize the video for each individual platform, get the proper metadata, put titles, write good descriptions that are good for that platform. Um, you know, don't put hashtags on LinkedIn or I'm sorry, don't put hashtags on Facebook. I misspoke, you know, cause that doesn't work. It looks sloppy if you're, if you don't know the platform that you're putting content into. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, it makes the content look clean and it optimizing it, will allow more people to see it, will allow more people to engage with it the way that they're used to engaging with content on that platform. Um, and it will be better for, you know, SEO if you have a really great title and description on YouTube, making sure that you have something that people can find, that you have proper links. Um, it's so important. And we see so many people not, especially in B2B, we see so many people not optimizing for each platform. Yeah. Free tip. Let's do tip 7A is this seems so obvious, but we have to repeat it is say your video is Globatech solutions, the way, whatever, like that's like Like the the title of the video is the way, the way, right? So many people will title their video the way or Globatech solutions, the way, Yes, that's accurate. That's what your video is, but no one is searching that. So I know it's not necessarily good looking or a little less than or counterintuitive is type in what your video, what someone would search in YouTube to find your video rather than the title of your video. Yes, it is the title of your video. So a lot of people get confused and they write in like, you know, Globotech solutions the way, but really what you should do is write in the keywords that someone would search for to find that video. So, you know, IT support communications, 
cybersecurity, whatever. And, and you can uh, always put both in the YouTube mm-hmm. title, you know, start with the way, put a little vertical line there and then give a little bit of a, a keyworded description of what the video is. Correct. What is that vertical line? What is that called? Do you know? I don't know. That like, it's the one. Uh, yeah. It's like right under your delete key. Backslash. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know. If anyone knows, let us know. Send us a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Reach out and let us know what that thing is called. Um, All right. Tip number eight is, and this will come out when you do your peso model in the earned category. But we have found that when you can find folks and I hate using the word influencers, so I'll say people with influence. <laughs> if you can find people with influence that will organically give your ad love, meaning it fits within what the what it is the content that they're generating for their audience, you can you can go to the moon all for free. We've done this time and time again. And again, it's, you can't spam. It's got to be authentic. You've got to really know who these people are and the kind of content that they're generating. So a little trick is if you know you have your release day coming up in a month and you don't even need to have the ad finished for this, right? But if you have release day coming up in a month, start subscribing to the newsletters of the folks in this sphere, right? Mm-hmm. When you do your earned brainstorming, and you identify blogs or publications you want to get into, start getting on their newsletters now. Subscribe to their Twitter. Just get a feel for their cadence. A lot of these folks have newsletters, and they'll they'll always have some kind of found on the internet section or something like that. Potentially, you can reach out and say, I've got something for your found on the internet section. And as long as it's good and it's relatable or – what does it mean? Like uh, relevant, relevant. That's the word. If it's <laughs> relevant to their message. Why wouldn't they post it? If it will delight their audience or give their audience information. So find people with intrinsic interest in your ad and identify them early and kind of like it before you, before you do double Dutch jump rope, you always see people, they have to like get the rhythm, right? They have to get the rhythm <laughs> yeah. for a little bit before you jump in. Same thing. Subscribe to their newsletter, Twitter, all that stuff. And these people, if you've got a weekly newsletter, for example, that especially that's something on a really niche topic, they are might be a little desperate for content because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's it's hard to come up with something every week. Um, so you, they might actually be grateful too if they reach out. Like they might be happy to put something in their newsletter to get something for you. And especially if you're coming in piggybacking off of tip number six, if you're coming in with an offer, so now you already have a piece of content that you can offer this person with influence. So again, it's very not spammy. You're getting ad juice, right? Like you're going to get some juice, but you're not coming in as a spammer. You're coming in as like a person offering up some content and make sure you have quantity. Don't put all your eggs in one basket because you may... When we do this, we send out 20 emails, you'll get two responses. You know, you're yep. not going to get some, most people will just ignore you. But it's a great way to get free. And if you can coordinate this on a release day, 
those algorithms will see it. And then the algorithms itself will then start serving you up without having to pay. Yeah. Just like going back to getting your employees to like it across the platforms, like Mm -hmm. anything that you can drive traffic as soon as that thing drops, it's going to be so important. The internet more and more is, I mean, LinkedIn is, you get 48 hours. That's what I've found on LinkedIn. Same thing with Facebook. I th- actually, most of them, right? It's, it's, you've got to do it in the first 48. It's almost like yeah. a crime. I mean, I would say you, YouTube is the only platform that you really have um, not an unlimited lifespan, but YouTube is one of the few places that the date you posted is a little irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found that. Mm-hmm. Great. I love these tips. I yes. can't wait to use them. <laughs> I can't wait for, for someone to call us up uh, before they're going to make their video ad and have their full peso model ready to share with us. I'm so excited. So if you're you're thinking about your next campaign, you know, I know there's so many exciting things to think about when you're making a new a new video or a new ad for your company. But, you know, get this homework done early. You will get so much more juice out of your spot. You know, you're investing a lot of money into this video, you know, a little bit more money, a little bit more work, and you will just get so much more out of it. Yeah. And and one other is think about peso, paid, earned, shared, owned. Paid is only a quarter. I feel like when, when people think of distribution, they automatically go toward paid. And yes, that's a pretty darn big important, but three-fourths of those categories are not paid. Yeah. So really spend the time to think about where, you know, we, we did talk a lot about paid and budgeting for that, but spend the time thinking about how you can get more juice out of owned. Like we talked about in the first tip and shared, you know, what can you do to really optimize every little piece of that puzzle? So thanks for listening. If you have any other thoughts on uh, distributing B2B video, we'd love to hear them. You can find us across all the social platforms at Umalt, or you can always email us at hello at umalt.com. That's U-M-A-U-L-T.com. And thanks for listening. Yeah, and a free case of sugar-free Red Bull to the first person that lets us know what that long vertical line is called <laughs> on your keyboard. <laughs>